Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling, brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Tony Wink, along with PJ Dorn and Dave Selecki. This week, we got Danny Walker. But first, here's the latest in the industry. Well, big news in the flat track slash road racing world has been that J.D. Beach, one of our favored sons and former national road racing champion, has announced he's going full-time AFT racing. He's, of course, been dipping his toe into the flat track series, our national professional uh, series, for quite a while, seasons. He's always uh, been around doing it, and, of course, it's where he grew up. Now he's making it his full-time job with Estenson Racing. That team just continues to absolutely light the AFT world on fire. They're running hot rod bikes. They're developing the Yamaha, and clearly there's money to be made if professional racers like J.D. Beach are saying, yeah, this is now my primary. I bet he goes road racing for a number of reasons. Um, I think it's interesting to see that J.D. Beach is going to not just dip his toe in flat track. We know he's a, he's a... He's a massive talent on two wheels, no matter what he throws his leg over. But you would think to say to see a guy that's that's successful in road racing say, "I'm going to go do full time AFT." I think it speaks volumes about the series. I don't think AFT is making money, but I think they're apparently doing something right to get a rider like JD Beach to say, "I'm going to be I'm going to be a full time AFT guy." And it'd be nice to talk to some of the interested parties. I think to find out is it more a case of this is where he wanted to go or there aren't that many rides in Moto America, which we unfortunately know to be the case. And <laughs> well, yeah, maybe calls with the first job. That gets could the, be maybe the case. I shouldn't say it speaks volumes about AFT. Maybe it speaks volumes about Moto America. Yeah. It's awesome to see riders, you know, extend themselves into other disciplines. I, I, it reminds me of the 1980s, you know, when, you know, the, the, the road racers just didn't road race. They did everything else. They flat track. They had a grand national championship where they had to race every discipline to get their, you know, to get the uh, number one plate. And uh, I think it's cool. I really do. It, it, I, I couldn't agree more. And rest in peace. Nikki Hayden was one of the last guys that we really talked about saying this guy could hit the grand slam, could get the grand slam. I think J.D. Beach, he's got most of the components now. He's a guy who can have a lifetime Grand Slam, and he's young enough. If he gets motivated, he could probably do the one-year deal. That's the big one that they talk about, you know, pulling off all those required wins in those various series in the course of a 12-month period. Is that still a thing? It's recorded. Old guys uh, like myself. You mean it's recorded or it's duly noted? It's it's noted. You know, news agencies. Uh, again, guys like me, and then you know, road racing world would tell you if someone was in danger or in close proximity to pulling off a feat of that nature. So guys like Pit Pass, us, we will blow it up because we it like JD. something. Yeah, and and truthfully, when we first had JD Beach on, we didn't we didn't I didn't know he had a starting a speech problem, you know, and, and he has actually worked through that. He's gotten that we've had interviews where he didn't miss a beat. It was really good. And he comes back and forth and stuff. But when you're sitting there talking to the kid, that's what gets me. Cause when you're just sitting there rapping with him at the race, yeah, you'd never, smooth sailing. you'd never, you'd know. never know it. So it's pretty, it's, he's such a badass. So you can't help, but love JD beach. So PJ then, from a technical level, you know, the, these guys, these road racers slash flat track guys, they know how to do one thing really, really well. And it's, Maybe this is a good segue for our for our guests, but they know how to slide a motorcycle. Absolutely. And and Danny Walker, 
The smooth talker is definitely a guy who can do that. All right, we're going to go to former road racer Danny Walker, who we, of course, know from American Super Camp and the owner of the uh, Genuine Broster Chicken Honda team. But first, we've got some trivia, PJ. This week's trivia question is, what year did Yamaha introduce the Monoshock to production motorcycles? Another one that I know the answer to. I'm going to keep it to myself till after we talk to superstar Danny Walker. All right, joining us now is, is one of the most respected names in flat track and road racing, and he'll probably say otherwise, but he's a very modest man. One of my, my very favorite interviews, Danny Walker, joins us now. What's up, Danny? How are you? Hey, guys. What's going on? I'm excited about your new format, and you know now you can actually get me on because you can – edit out half the stuff that comes out of my mouth so you'll uh, you know <laughs> people will actually listen and actually have it in a reasonable time frame danny walker is is a guy that we've had on pip house for ages i've taken the american suit well i signed up for the american super camp you pretty <laughs> much made fun of me the whole time i thought i knew how to ride a motorcycle till i till i did american did he super use camp. the yardstick on you and just smacking you on the helmet no yardstick. So they got this thing about- have you met him Yardstick, he had to get a shovel out for that dude. He's hard headed, man. He literally, he didn't even start listening until I got the shovel out and threatened him with a shovel. Well, they they do uh, they do push ups, and I don't do push ups because I can't. <laughs> so I we have a new thing called hip hop abs that we do at, at American Super Camp. That's old. That's old news. I say that at every camp, still, dude. I had Marine Corps guys looking at me two days ago in Yuma last week in Yuma, Arizona, doing one of our Marine Corps camps, and I'm like, all right. Well, if you can't do push-ups, we'll accept hip-hop abs still. <laughs> <laughs> your your legacy continues, Tony. That's yeah, amazing. you do. You set a standard. <laughs> He's like, uh, why are you so excited on the swaddle? Just You need to go like into a quiet place and calm down and come back because you're just spastic on the swaddle. And I'm it's like, a toggle switch like, for Tony. This, yeah, that's uh, how I ride. He's like, it's not. I think effective. I might have told him to to go to the restroom and have a personal private moment and release. It stress, is what you but... said, but I wasn't. Gonna, I forgot we're not on radio. We you can... should. You should see it. You should have seen him on a road race bike, Danny, because he uh, clearly crazy fast. But I was watching him crash every corner, and I was just solid enough on a road race bike. I was like, dude, you are going to eat it for sure. It's not a question of if; it's a matter of when. And he's like, whatever. That's how I ride. I'm like. Okay. No, what I said was, <laughs> of course. Of course I am. That's why I ride. That's but, what we do. <laughs> that's is we what we do. That's why I ride. Yeah. So Tony, are you uh, still riding? Are you still, are you still getting to ride? Me? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, I just got back from Baja. I, uh, I hit a coyote, cool. and that didn't Ooh. go well. But, um, yep. yeah, I'm actually headed to huh, 42 years old. I'm headed to WW Ranch with Club 57. I'm going to train. Cool. From yeah, I'm gonna train January and February into Bike Week, March, with a bunch of kids that are ha- literally half my age. You're gonna less. have a blast. And I asked the guy, "It's yeah, dude, it's gonna be fun." And and the guy's like, "What do you want to get out of it?" And I go, "Uh, nothing. More fit? Yeah, nothing. No, not even that. I just want to. But you will win Loretta's yeah. for sure. So that it's <laughs> been like two and a half. <laughs> Shut up! I got eighth this year. Oh, you did awesome <laughs> this year. Yes, yeah. and oh, it is going to help hear, you in Loretta's big time. And Mike Brown said he may not be doing Loretta's next year, so there's a chance that oh, I could be like oh, top five guy, top that five moved guy, everybody top five up guy. One spot. 
Top seven. <laughs> Top seven. Uh, with you, a little luck. No, you've you've lost weight substantially since last year. You're going to be in better shape, and you're going to be off of training with young whip seventy whip pounds ass guys. And I don't drink. I don't drink in the United States. That's my rule. It's an international so, thing. It's an international law one. thing. Tony starts talk- throwing whips, man. It's it's Listen, it's over. That's Danny awesome. Walker is is uh, incredible motorcycle rider. His wife's way out of his league, obviously, Mick. <laughs> but uh, you are really a, a, a I think a real feather in the motorcycle industry's cap. I think that uh, a pillar in the motorcycle industry, in the racing industry, anyway. You have been. That's the first time ins- you've ever said anything nice to me. That, that instrumental, I appreciate that. Holy cow! I- instrumental you want to come back in to camp for free or what? In a lot of yeah, I've obviously I'm pimping you <laughs> for the for a free camp, but um, <laughs> you've been instrumental in, in a lot of riders' careers in road racing. We're seeing some changes. You know, it was ex- it was interesting to see Yoshimura is not going to take the lead on the Suzuki thing. Oof. I want to talk to you about that, but uh, and JD's move. But which first, we let's know talk about did. America. Let's give you your time, America Super Camp. What are you up to? You're not you're not going road racing, right? Man, not road racing now. We've actually had time to kind of focus back on an actual business that makes money. You know, that's, that's you know, well, not a ton of money because we're still the same price we've been for the last 18 years. We haven't had a price increase yet still, and we're one of the cheapest schools of our type. We've got a few people that have kind of copied our program and charge quite a bit more than we do. But, you know, if they can make it work, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, we've been we've been slammed, busy with camps and the Marine Corps thing still. we. We've still been doing camps for the Marine Corps. That got a little weird this year. I don't know if you guys are paying attention. All there's some weirdness going on in Washington right now. I don't know if you've you know turned a TV on or anything or listen <laughs> to the radio, but you know I, I don't care what your sta- stance is on that. But it has affected our funding for doing our Marine Corps camps. And you know for those, really? you know it's about saving. Yeah, yeah. We got two of them got canceled in New River and Quantico, Virginia, in October. They just funding got allocated. For something else, got moved, reappropriated or something. Isn't that the official word they use? Yeah. Got reappropriated for Sounds something political, else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a that was a real bummer because man, those are just so rewarding and they're so awesome. And to have those guys show up that have been to the camp before and say, You saved my life. And you know, I was on my street bike and a car pulled out in front of me oh. and uh, I came, you know, and I came around a corner and I was huge. going too fast. And and that just, you know, it just makes uh, like uh, you know, it's yeah, we should be doing these for free, you know, kind of a thing. And it really, really makes it worthwhile. And, you know, we just took a bit. It, it was kind of a pain in the butt just to get the one done down in New Arizona. It was kind of a last minute. Weren't sure we were going to have funding. You know, weren't sure if we could get the facility again, but we pulled it Where off. Do you do that and, in Yuma, on the, ba- on the base or in town somewhere? No, we actually found the fairgrounds right across the street from the base has a sweet outdoor horse arena. And they've actually yeah. brought some clay in and mixing in with that sand and it's just some sweet dirt and it's a really nice place plus the weather for us was you know 70 degrees and Algodonas is running. right down the road Did yeah you go to was, no no it didn't go there no the border town <laughs> it's so good i go, i loved going to yuma i i lived i lived there for a winter it was so good really yeah the sand dunes yeah. are right there of course yep sand dunes are there it's really awesome they got tons of motorcycle riders down there and just some great dudes it's just some great marines and like I said, I, it's proud to be an American when you're down there helping those guys. So it's awesome. So we're supposed to do supposed to do five of those this next year. We'll see. They're going to try and get that all, you know, task order all ordered and funding all approved up front. So it's not kind of so wishy-washy. And, you know, our camps are just 
just hammering, selling out. We've most of our springs camps right now. I think Gainesville's Georgia's still got some openings, but most of our spring camps all the way through May are or, you know, above 50% full already, if not already sold out. That's so, great news. That is great yeah, news. That is good news. There's the counterpoint to what we were talking about in our uh, opening news and previous episodes, many of. That's good news for the industry right there. I think we have to take that as a positive step. Danny, I had a question specifically about what was your awesome road race team that you ran. I mean, you brought so many super talented guys to the forefront of Moto America. What's what's status on that for our listeners? For me personally, I want to know because, again, you, I mean, you really brought something awesome to the track. It was great seeing what you did every year and watching the racers that you clearly developed move on and Well, up. I mean, that that was, you know, kind of the, that was the whole reason we did that. I've, I've been a part of some pretty big teams in the past that had some pretty big funding, but, you know, we've told Tony in the past that, you know, we, I had a gentleman that came to camp and, um, uh, his name was Jeremy Latrosse and he was one of the founders of Twitter and he's a huge motorcycle fan, huge road race fan. And, you know, he got to meet JD beach and, and Gagne and, and some of those guys when they were coming and helping at camp. And, you know, he's like, let's do it. Let's do a race team. And I'm like, Holy cow, dude it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money and it's about the dumbest business model you could ever have. And, and he's like, let's do it. And, you know, we got after it and we, we, we love right. those guys. And, we just love yeah, those guys. Yeah, you know, we, we did it you know, thanks, thanks all to him for making it happen to start with. And, you know, it, but then it just, it was getting harder and harder and harder to justify the time and energy that it takes to be at that level when, when it costs you money every you know, every year in the last couple of years, you know, super camp was sponsoring our, our race team program. And we're like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Plus besides doing 28, two day super camps all over the country, we were doing 10 races and three tests. And we're like, okay, that's 40 some odd 41 weekends, 41 events that were somewhere. Wait a minute. That's how many weeks are in the dang year. You know, in we were, it was, it was like, wait a minute. I felt like I could have been a supercross mechanic or motocross mechanic where you're just never, ever, ever home, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And we just uh, said, Hey, let's, let's not do that anymore. And American Honda decided since they didn't have a bike, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. And, um, you know, it was, I'm, I'm okay with it. I didn't really miss not going to the road races this year and got to ride my trail bike a lot more and play some hockey. So, you know, did you, uh, just, life. a an, a question regarding the, the, physical property i mean do you do you sell a team when this happens or do you just sell the equipment or keep what you can reuse for other purposes how does that go yeah, we, I'm, we, did, I'm curious. we did all the above yeah we did all of the above i mean you know we, we uh we were able to help out jason uribe that's racing the afm on his honda was with some of our stuff and we sold uh sold a couple bikes and sold one to al lamb that that he was using for his guys at mikey rush road at uh at the salt flats for a land speed record sold him one of our super bikes you know, and he went out there with the thing as it came off the road racetrack, literally came off the road racetrack and went, you know, almost 200 miles an hour. So I think with a little bit of work and a better tire, that, that thing will definitely go 200 miles an hour with Al next year and sold their semi to a car team, you know, the IMSA car team. So, so they bought bought the semi and just, you know, yeah, tried, got rid of everything that we've got. I still got a ton of Honda cool Honda Superbike parts. If anyone wants to build a Honda Superbike, I got some really cool stuff, man. It's 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 awesome. 
Jeff Wright would love to have some of those parts if the price is anywhere near reasonable. <laughs> uh, I know I a got, guy who I would, and he's, full, a, full he's an internationally known bike builder. The, yeah, I got a suitor, the full-on new suitor swing arm with the linkage and the right shock and the wheels and brakes and basically pull the swing arm pivot bolt out and the brake line and bolt the thing on and go. It's it's pretty sweet besides the trick. Uh, World Superbike, Akopovich, uh, Tenkati pipe, and you know, tie full tie system pipes, and a bunch of that kind of stuff. And the yeah, we I'll got put a lot him of in stuff contact here. with you. I'll I'll talk to him, see if he's interested. Because yeah. yeah, that's he builds custom bikes. They won't go to a racetrack, but boy, they really yeah. make a cool looking built up. Uh, I gave him yeah, a ZX seven from my barn, and it was a piece of crap. And he turned it into a, a and he. Sold it for ten grand. A piece of art. I mean, he turns motorcycles. <laughs> it was a ninety-one ZX Seven, red, white, and green, or green, white, and blue, and it was a cool bike. I said, just give me first shot at buying it, if, and I wouldn't have spent that anyway. No, but no way. It's so badass. The guy I saw it on on Instagram. I went, it's insane. What hey, he does that looks with, like it yeah. is. I mean, yeah. he, he's an artist who puts his love into motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he has the he has the disease pretty bad. Then that's good. We've got enough stuff we can build a full another and. As soon as my crew chief, Scotty Jensen, he's been working for HSBK with uh, PJ Jacobson now. So as soon as he actually gets a little free time, which might be when he's like 90, he's going to put another super bike back together for us. And I still have enough to build a whole, a whole nother second one with some trick stuff. So show up at a track day and hurt some feelings with that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, that's just what I need is a full super bike track day bike. That'd be awesome, huh? <laughs> I'm, yeah. The problem is I'm I no see guys doing it. I see guys doing it. They're just, I, that's what I need is they're what you u- mean to They're say. usually mm-hmm. intelligent about it. Yes. Guys like me and Tony never end up with, oh, you want to have some fun today. <laughs> oh man, the motor we got for that thing literally on our dyno here in Colorado was making over 220 rear wheel horsepower. That thing's, Whoa, it's a beast. Cow. That's yeah, yeah my ZX10 I think made made 180. It was pretty stock, wow. it, but very easily on my dyno and not not the cheater dyno. It was no, uh, no, the yeah, the real was, dyno. Was, yeah. It was. Did making, you sell your dyno? Yeah, we sold our dyno because it never got used. I ran my ZX10 on it. A couple other people <laughs> ran their pro. We did a lot of seven horsepower a of pulls. A lot of seven horsepower pulls with Chinese 125s, really dialing them in. <laughs> <laughs> That was the majority of its use. You barely turned the dyno. Yeah, I got some TTR 110s. We might need or 125s. We might need to put on there. See how they're making. What kind of horsepower yeah. they're making? So we no. did that a lot. So Danny, <laughs> talking about the uh, the American Super Camp, going down your lesson plan is kind of fascinating. Point to the ground, look where you want to go, dance with the bike, all those things. Where the heck, or how do you tell people what crack to crack means? <laughs> well, if I tell them that, you know, especially the bigger guys, I'm like, well, you got to be sitting clear on top, 180 degrees opposite of the street bike. You got to be sitting clear on top of the motorcycle. If you feel like you're just about to be sitting on that outside foot peg and it's going to get really uncomfortable, you're almost there. You're almost <laughs> that spot. Not quite. You know, and then they, they think they're sitting there. And then we get the GoPros out and we videotape them and they're like, oh, because you know, I lie to our students all the day long. I told Tony, God, he looked good on that thing. He was styling. <laughs> he looked good. You know, but the GoPro doesn't lie. You know, GoPro, you're like, oh, crap, dude. I look like shit. I'm not even, I'm sitting in the middle of the seat. I'm like, yeah. Just because we got saddleman seats on those things doesn't mean you're riding a cruiser. You got to sit in the middle. It's got to be uncomfortable. You got to put <laughs> There you outside. go. It's, I was going to ask yep. you that. It's got to be uncomfortable. You know you're yep. there. <laughs> That's right. You're When you get off the bike in the pits and you got to pull your shorts out of your you butt. You got a wedgie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the right spot. Now you're getting close. 
Our guest is Danny Walker, and, and Danny, we we talked about this Yoshimura not taking the lead with Suzuki. It's it's uh it's mm. a sign of the times, I think, don't you? Yeah, it's I can't remember. I mean, I've been going to the road races since since the late seventies, you know, and and I and uh, seventy nine eighty was, and I can't remember a time that Yosh wasn't at the track, you know. But Tony, I don't know if it's a if it's a bad thing or or a good thing or if it's a change that that needs to happen. You know, I, you know, I was one of the guys when we left and, you know, and still some of the Moto America guys aren't happy that I say this, but the rules have to change. The absolute rules have to change the marketing, the funding. There's no way we can afford to be racing full on world superbikes, superbikes in the U S they're just, I mean, it, it and it have just, anyone show it, up with a program. Well, yeah, exactly. There's just no way. I mean, the electronics package, I tell, you know, folks, and I said it before that, you know, American Honda had to spend a hundred thousand dollars with Morelli just for the for the software for our motorcycle for our two bikes. A hundred grand. And then for you the have software. to have an engineer, right? That's just the oh, equipment. Now you need an engineer who knows how to use it. Well, that's not even the equipment. That was the software. The equipment was another forty oh. grand for two bikes. Yeah. And that's just wiring harness, ECU, and a dash. And you know, and then you got to have a hundred thousand dollar a year guy just to make your bikes go around the track. And I just think the costs were just getting not reasonable. And I, I've always liked the BSB model. There isn't an official factory team in BSB, but there's 30 teams. There's 30 superbike teams. They're all a supported, you know, like we were, like a supported team, you know. And, and um, you know, I, I still kind of considered Yosh to be the factory team, even though they were a separate entity, but they'd been around with the team so long. So I'm I'm not sure if if this change won't you know, spark a new, a new, okay, we've got guys coming in running super stock bikes and super bike, and they're starting to be competitive because the level of the super bikes is going to have to, it's going to have to go off and be I dumbed down a little. Yeah. It's going to have to be dumbed down. I understand that their goal and Wayne's goal with Moto America is to produce some American riders that are familiar with the electronics and can deal with it and go over there and be ready to go. But they also got to be racing against more than two guys, and we got to have some competition in the series, and we got to have people that come in that have talent, not just come in bringing money. You know, that's what's going to start happening is all the guys with talent are going to go away because the folks that are going to have the rides are the guys that, that come in that have somebody or wherever it comes from, some pockets behind them. And so you go, oh, great. Well, we don't have a lot of talent, but we, you know, we've got some guys that can afford to buy the rides, and I hate that aspect of it completely so. could be the wake-up call that that road racing needs right you know it, it's, the paradigm has to shift somehow so that more people are coming out to see it more people are coming out wanting to do it so you, you could be dead on the racing is you know in, in those lower level classes is super phenomenal. twins is the is ideal and there are people that want yeah. to race super twins proves that yeah so that's what sv 650s and yeah and others exactly yeah. fzo7 mto7 okay so class. yeah parallel twins too okay yeah josh hayes had us come down and and help him with his j-force training deal that he did in august with uh garrett gerloff bobby fong cameron peterson hunter dunham and Corey ventura they all five of those guys were riding our WR Yamaha WR 250s that we have set up for road race. They're super low. You can't you can't super mode them. You can't even stick your foot out and ride them. You got to drag your knee. And they rode for two days: one day at Grange and one day at Apex. And it was some of the gnarliest, scariest. I was like me and Robbie Peterson were like watching, and we were there riding and helping and working on bikes and stuff and helping Josh. And we were like, "Holy cow! This is 
like gnarly to watch. Those guys were, they were like, you don't make a little mistake. And I'm like, this is some great, not, they weren't racing, but he, you know, he was setting them up to like, all right, ready, set, go. We're racing. You got to go. And man, this is so crazy to watch. It was so exciting. Like, yeah, they don't have to be on. I mean, I know some people want to have the full blown super bikes and, you know, you got to have all the technology and the coolness, but I think you got to just have some guys out there really going for it and having a bunch of them, you know, and I don't know that it matters what they're riding to me, but you know, I'm old school, so I don't, I don't know much, you know? So <laughs> I remember the old days. It didn't, we didn't have that kind of stuff. It's not just in road racing and it's, it's all the way down to the local level of racing. Technology is great, but it's pricing it out of range for so many people. And you talk about dumbing down the, the technology and that thing. It's, it's a must. We have to do it. It has to happen on a local level all the way up to the premier road racing series in the United States. Because if it hasn't happened, the elitists are going to be able to do it, and that's it, and the sport will be dead. Tony, I think that's what happened to Supermoto. I mean, I was involved in that. I had a team. I had Steve Drew rode for me. We did the Honda Red Rider Junior Supermoto with Coase and Bouvier, and you know, even uh, even uh, Alessi did it. We we had a bunch of great kids come and do that program, and I thought the same thing then. You know, they're letting the factories come in. They're running super trick two fifties. They're running unobtainium four fifties. Yeah, and and the guys who show up and make the grid are are out of it before mm-hmm. they even drop the flag. Yeah, it, it completely. The first couple of years that we did that, that first year, I think it was, should I remember what year it was now? It was a long time ago. Like 2003, we did that race in Copper Mountain where everybody kind of showed up on stock bikes and we had Ward and, and Metzger yeah, so cool. and Schwantz and, you know, and, and McGrath and all those guys showed up and we're like, this is, this is Herfoss, so awesome. Troy Herfoss crushed oh, back then. Yeah. We had so many, you know, it was so cool. And then all of a sudden it got serious and now we're, now we're building trick one off, can't get them factory of unobtainium bikes. And, and then it just poof, it dropped off the cliff, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, Danny Walker, that's uh we are sadly out of time with you. Imagine that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can you give our listeners your website to, if they want to attend a super camp? www.americansupercamp.com. We've got them all over the country. Our schedule's up through spring right now, but we'll do be posting our fall schedule here again, pretty quick. So we got, Gagne, J.D. Beach, and a bunch of Cam Peterson, a bunch of great riders coming and helping out. I saw Chris Carr do a, uh, like a circle, like a whip the donut. It's called a flying, the same down the straightaway. Yep. It's called I saw a the video of it. A, a fl- flying yeah. 360 with a, wait, he had so a shoe crazy. on. Please tell me he had a shoe on or else I'm just going to yeah, beat yeah, him you, even you more. You can't do without a shoe. <laughs> you can't yeah, do it JD, without a shoe. J.D.'s really good at those now. J.D. Beach has got those down pat. Cameron Peterson has been doing a bunch of you know, super bike rider. He's a phenomenal motorcycle rider, let alone motocross. He's like Gagne, you know, they can ride anything. anything. And he's got those down pat now too. There's a couple other schools that kind of mock, you know, uh, kind of do a little bit of what we do, but those guys come in, they stop and then do a little donut and go, no, no, it's got to be an official. It's, it's got to so insane. It's got to have forward momentum. If it doesn't have forward momentum, it doesn't count as a flight 360. All right, man. Cool having you on. Appreciate it. See you guys. Be good. All right. Thanks, all right. Danny. All right, big thanks to our guest, Danny Walker. We've got this week's trivia question. PJ? What year, the question was, what year did Yamaha introduce the Monoshock to production motorcycles? It was out there, but not in production. The answer was 1975 on the Motocross MX model line. 1975, I was a little off. I thought it was 76. It was before I was born. I knew that. Oh, yeah. There you go. 
All right, so we've got, uh, I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Happy uh, New Year. Yeah, and so New Year's is always exciting, and it's because Happy New Year. we have the Here Supercross preview show on CBS or whatever it's on, and then we get right into Anaheim 1. So it's going to be. And then it's every weekend. It's just like it starts happening fast. 17 weekends with the exception of a couple. It's going to be exciting. So we uh, we will be covering it throughout the year like we always do here on Pit Pass. We want to thank, of course, our guests, and we want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in each and every week. Big high five. Thanks for 2019. Uh, we've gone through some changes here on Pit Pass, and we are absolutely stoked about the future, bringing in wonderful additions to the show, such as Dave Selecki. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much. Really looking forward to it. Uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, if you enjoy this program, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts with new episodes when they're loaded. Uploaded, excuse me. Of course, make sure you're also following us on Twitter and Facebook and pitpassmoto.com. This has been a production of the Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Ed Camp, our producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Sean Rule Hoffman. I'm PJ Doran. I'm Tony Wink. And I'm Dave Selecki. See you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.